Welcome to A Conversation with Chief, where together we visit with special friends from across Native North America who will encourage, inspire, and equip us in our walk with Jesus Christ. Join us now for an engaging conversation with Chief. It's a real joy uh, to have you come and join us again with another conversation with Chief. And today, uh, it is just a privilege uh, to introduce one of my, I, would, I call them my besties uh, in Native <laughs> ministry. Uh, we have known each other for decades, really. I would say uh, it has gone up. What has it been, Craig? Almost uh, 50 years, something like o- that. Over 50 years, you're on. It's literally oh my. over 50 years. Can you believe it? <laughs> Time goes by so fast. Oh, my. It but, is, uh, a lot I of great remember, memories. A lot oh, of great yeah. memories. Well, yep. I, I think of, of our families. Our families were both involved in music ministry uh i remember when the lord was just uh using you in the beginning of ministry in and you were just a teenager yeah and you came and traveled with our family as well and so uh, all these years uh it has been uh you know wonderful to be able to work together and minister together mm-hmm. and so uh so really on this conversation with chief craig uh, I just wanted to uh, introduce you and uh, just as a fellow partner in Native Ministries. And uh, this podcast is f- really designed for those uh, folks that are interested in Native work. And of course, uh, many of our dear, dear Christian brothers, Native brothers and sisters all over the country uh, yeah. that uh, want to uh, hear of other stories of Native peoples as mm-hmm. well. So, uh, so today, as I introduce Craig, of course, I know Craig uh, all these years, but uh, he has been the author of The White Man's Gospel. Uh, he serves with Christian Missionary and Alliance, and uh, he has served on our board for chief for many years, and uh, now has uh, started a ministry called Tribal Rescue. So, uh, Craig, I just want to turn it over to you yeah. and uh, just have you share with us, uh, yeah. you know, what's on your heart today? Sure. Well, uh, thanks, Huron, for uh, giving me the opportunity to connect with you and, and with your viewers on your podcast. Uh, this is becoming kind of a way many of us are trying to extend our reach. Mm-hmm. Uh, travel uh, these days, you know, you fill your gas tank up and, uh, you know, you it, it, you you're not going to be able to go anywhere because you can't afford the, the the hot dogs or the hamburgers at McDonald's, you know, because you put it all in the gas tank. And yes. traveling is getting much more expensive these days, you know, and the, yes. and the multiplication uh, potential that the podcasts have to travel, you know, literally around the world. Uh, That's right. You and I go into one place at one point in time in history, which we continue to do. But this helps to even multiply. So uh, I'm excited to hear Chief uh you know, branching out into into podcast ministry is something we've recently launched as well. Yours is video based, ours is audio, uh, mm-hmm. audio based, and uh, but nonetheless, I mean the the uh, the gospel continues to go out even through these means, and we're Amen. grateful for the opportunity to do that. I know for Ladon and I, it's uh, a little easier on us in our bodies to uh, travel the airways rather than the highways because. Uh, of the uh, horrific uh, accident we uh, endured uh, 19, I mean, 2000 uh, and 
and nine, uh, 12 years ago, 12 and a half years ago, almost 13 now, my goodness. Wow. And uh, yeah, as, as you know, and as many of you, your chief friends know, I'm, I now live in a wheelchair uh, from that. So, you know, we've been through a whole lot. And uh, yet, I thank God for continuing to give us these extra days that he's allowed for both LaDonna and I to serve him and to do so uh, partnering together. And that's what it's all about. Native ministry is a small, Native evangelical ministry is a small band of uh, committed, uh, like-minded brothers in Christ, brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, and, and partnerships are, are valuable to us and enriching. And I know uh, my, my experience with uh, the Claus family, with you guys here on and your family and Chief Ministries has been you know, just one of the joys of my life. Uh, I appreciate appreciate the partnership and connecting. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I was thinking about it this morning as as I was preparing it, my my mind on some thoughts and memories uh, of our our years together. It was, I think it was 1970, something like that. 1970, when you invited me to join your family uh, on a on a ministry trip that you guys you guys are on the road. I mean. Wow, it even predates you. It pre, uh, just like our music ministry predates me and my generation with our yes, fathers, yes. with our families. And uh, just like my dad was involved in music ministry with his parents, uh, you know, your your mom and dad were involved in music ministry with, with their parents, you know, with your, your dad's parents. And, mm -hmm. and so we have that mutual kind of uh, similarity of life experience and ministry experience that, uh, you know, is really uh, not many are able to share together, but we do. And I, I just, I thank God for that rich partnership and, and, and uh, fellowship that you and I have maintained 50 plus years. And uh, I have a picture, by the way, and I'll have to show you sometime. It's a picture of your dad and my dad mm -hmm. standing behind a microphone somewhere. I think it might have been in my home res in Minnesota and Cass Lake. Because I remember the microphone, at least the old, sure, uh, out of the 60s kind of microphone that they're singing into. Uh, I think it was at our church uh, in Cass Lake, uh, Minnesota, on the, on the Leech Lake Reservation. And uh, it, uh, it dates back to the 60s. And mm. black and white, your my. dad looked young, my dad looked young, and uh, there they were singing together. And uh, so I know your family, as you traveled around over those years, many years ago, in, in, in music ministry and in your dad's preaching ministry, all was a very um, formulative thing for our family because mm -hmm. uh, our generation, my generation's music ministry, which was launched, as you said, when I was a teenager, yes. uh, early teens. Uh, in fact, just a few years after our, I traveled with you guys uh, was when we really kind of started our, our family's ministry up and began to really go uh, with our music uh, because of the influence of like your family, the Anton Indian family. Yes. Others. So yeah, it's, it's a, a wonderful, rich history that we thank God for. And yes. uh, I'll never forget that trip with you guys when we went, I, I think it was, yeah, it was the very first time I ever flew in an airplane. I flew from Phoenix. I mean, from uh, Minneapolis down to Phoenix. And this is early <laughs> summer. And I, I thought. That, that I, was back when they had built airplanes. Is what you're yes. Saying. Yes. I thought I actually landed in hell. It was so hot. I've never seen heat like that before, you know. Oh, and, yes. Uh, 
you know, I, I don't know how you guys survived it growing up there, but, and then we went out to California and up the coast, up into Oregon and Idaho. I remember uh, Fort Hall, I think, Rez. Mm -hmm. right. And then we finally eventually made our way to Estes Park, Colorado for mm -hmm. the big music festival that Chief used to have years ago. And your family yes. sang, our family sang, others. And, uh, oh my goodness, those are some wonderful, wonderful experiences here on. And yeah. They were formulative in my own journey, but the, 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 the most important thing I would say from our history as a family with you guys, it, it was uh, at, in 1973, your family came to the uh, Assiniboine River uh, Bible Camp up near Winnipeg, Manitoba, and your dad was a preacher, your family was the singers at that Indian camp, uh, encampment there, and our family went up. I remember us borrowing an old StarCraft uh, pull out, pop up, pull out, canvas side, little mm -hmm. camper trailer type thing. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Those tent trailers. Yes. Oh, and, yes. Um, I'll never forget. It was one of those nights when your dad preached. I remember he spoke on God's amazing grace. And it was that moment that the spirit of God worked in my heart and soul. And it was there on August 3rd, 1971. I got on my knees and surrendered my life to Christ. And it was through your father's preaching. So wow. I have a lot. Uh, of gratitude in my heart and soul for the ministry that the Claus family and at that time American Indian Crusade uh, was what your dad was leading and then eventually yes. we've maintained That's right. those all those years of course my dad yeah. ended up working full-time with you guys uh, when we got yes. off the road uh, had a very meaningful years of service uh, working with your dad and you and the others there on staff at Chief so I thank God for That's that true. rich heritage yeah well, I, I totally agree with you, Craig. I think of I think back in those times where it was families working together. And uh, I think of that, you know, I always share. I remember my dad saying he was, you know, proud to be a Native American by race, yeah. but even more proud to be a follower of Jesus Christ by grace. Mm -hmm. And he would always say, I'm a fourth generation Christian. And uh, I think about that. I think we have had the privilege of not only our fathers uh, following uh, in ministry, leading us, but uh, also our grandparents, you know. And uh, that uh, today is something that I think is really needed uh, within our communities of uh, families uh, really working together in getting, sharing the gospel you know, but uh, uh, that's one thing that really stands out to me, because not only was it within our families that we were encouraged, but there were many other Native families that I can think of, and I, I meet them all the time, they remind me of that, of uh, being involved in ministry as well, whether it's an evangelism, whether it was leading in song and worship, itinerant uh, musical uh, work, uh, I, again, my, my cousins, the Antones, of yeah. course, I think of, uh, you know, um, uh, what is it? The Boyd family up mm -hmm. in Montana and uh, other native families like that. So, uh, that's just one thing I, I really wish and hope and pray that we would see, you know, within generations, yeah. but, uh, you know, anyways. One, of, one of the verses that has been so meaningful to me in my life here on is it's the uh, 
102nd Psalm, verse 18. I love what it says. It says, let this be written for a future generation that a people not yet created may praise the Lord. That's right. Well, that's, you talk about a legacy. Uh, Do this, be faithful in your generation, because when you're faithful in your generation, God's going to use that to reach out into future generations who could very well end up on a trajectory toward death, destruction, uh, eternity away from God, who, who, because of the faithfulness of the generations before, now we're not saved because of grandpa, grandma, we're not saved through their faith, but we are saved because of the influence that our, our grandparents, our parents have had in our lives and the investment of godliness through their living faithful to the Lord. Let this be written. Do this for a future generation that a people not yet created may praise the Lord. Neither of us, neither you or me, was alive when our grandparents came to faith in Christ, I'm sure. That's right. I mean, That's right. Uh, it's not the case for me. I know my, my grandparents came to the Lord back in the uh, uh, late, uh, late, or in the, in the 30s. They came to faith yes. in the 30s. I didn't right. come to this world till the fifties. <laughs> so mm-hmm. yes, twenty yes. years passed, but but because God ministered to them and and saved them, and they began to serve the Lord, that influence impacted my dad, and it mm-hmm. impacted my generation, and now it's for both of us. It's impacted our children and even our grandchildren. That's you right. Know, that faithfulness uh, being visited on the future. Gen- I wasn't there when when salvation came into my family but i am one of those uh, uh, for people not yet created i was not yet born that in my generation i too am able to praise the lord because of that heritage and faithfulness god using it again it's not we're not saved because of heritage we're saved by grace alone through faith alone and christ alone but that has that has been impacting our life in our growing years and formative years for God's glory and honor. And, and it has made us understand our need for the gospel and respond. And now all these years, 50 some years here on you and I, we've been serving the Lord together. It's not been an easy field, but you know, some of the corners of the vineyard that, that God has assigned people to are tougher than others. I wish I, I wish I could say there've been millions of, of native people come to faith in Christ well, you and I both know that hasn't been the case. It's been one of the toughest corners of the vineyard, but that's where faithfulness is so important and so necessary yes. uh, because the Lord says that there will be those who are redeemed from every tribe, language, people, and nation in heaven. It doesn't tell us how many from each tribe, language, people, and nation. All I know is our job is to be faithful in the generation God's given us and, and, uh, pass that off to the next generation and we're seeing that now in the you know you and i are you and i are the old guys older missionaries that have been there seemed like they were even born old right like they were always That's, old <laughs> but, uh, yes some guys come to mind and i'm sure you as you think about yes that. yes but, but the thing is we're them now we are those yes. guys. that's and right exciting to see as we look down down uh, in the generations that are following us, God is raising up some wonderful, godly, younger men and women of faith, yes. uh, native communities that are going to be there when you and I are gone, Huron. That's and right. That's right. I mean, we don't know. 
uh, with all yeah. my injuries. <laughs> uh, I, I'm living on borrowed time. I passed through death's door uh, yes. almost years ago. The Lord brought me wow. back and uh, had another bout with the death's door again a little over a year ago with COVID. He was in the hospital where the doctors told me they thought I was heading certainly to the ventilator and probably not coming off of it. And so twice the Lord has spared me from death's door. But one point in time, unless he comes soon, which he could very well do, uh, well, you know, our, our, there's a lot more years for us behind us than ahead of us on this exactly. life. So yep. I, I, I just am thrilled in my heart when I see these younger generations following the Lord. God's raising up those that will follow right. him. He's it's always exciting. Yeah, I was going to say some exciting news, and I can see that, Craig, where you know, I think of uh, where God is using young leaders. Uh, I think since COVID, these past two years, yeah. and we know this, is that uh, we have had many dear friends that have gone home to be with the Lord. Oh, no. uh, I think just among the Navajos, uh, there are 500 churches among the Navajo reservation. And I know of at least 50 pastors that have yeah. gone as a result of COVID. But at the same time, the uh, I have this past year. Population, yeah. Yeah, tenth of the churches have lost their pastors. Through oh, yeah. Yeah. I think of this, this past uh, couple of years, I have had a number of young men. And right now in Phoenix, I'm working probably, I would say, with about uh, four to six young men in their 20s and 30s. And some are going to seminary. Some are planting new churches. Others are saying, Huron, I sense God's call in my life. And uh, so it just thrills my heart to see that younger generation with a desire to really do something uh, within their generation. So I'm, I'm encouraged in that way, I would say, regarding Native ministry. Yeah. Uh, question, I, I, another question, uh, Craig, I was thinking of, and we, we could probably spend hours giving examples of native ministry, really days, I would think. Oh, yeah. But I think of, of uh, if you were to communicate, say, with a young individual uh, in regards to native ministry, what would be your words of advice or encouragement? Or, or what would you say uh, to a young man or a woman uh, that sensed that call to really do something within their generation? Well, I think... Uh especially the, the most current thoughts that I have are all filtered through the journey LaDonna and I have gone through in the last 12 years, 12, 13 years from the accident. You know, I see, I see um, uh, some realities that God talks about that are so meaningful to me now, where uh, just like an ax, it says, uh, you know, I, uh, I, I press on, I, I keep on going, being faithful to never not preaching the resurrection of Christ. And, and no matter how hard things get, we're living, we're living in tough days. So we're all suffering in a number of ways. We are, um, some of us in God's, uh, God's sovereignty allows his servants to suffer. Yeah. Suffering is, is a part of the life of some people in greater ways than, than even others. You know, I think of Paul, when, when Saul was converted on the road to Damascus, remember he, 
uh, he was uh, blinded by the Lord, <laughs> he lost his sight, and uh, he was had to be led like a little child uh, uh, on into where he was to go to Ananias' house, and they were going to pray for him that he would receive his sight back. And the Lord, and, and of course, there was a little pushback. No, I don't want to pray for this guy. He's a persecutor. He's going to, if he wakes up and gets a sight and sees who I am, he's going to throw me in jail and persecute me, have me killed. That was what, right. that's what was facing that scenario there. And, and the Lord says, no, no, no. I said, you go, go and pray for him that he will receive his sight. Uh, and I, he's going to become a, a, a messenger of the gospel to the Gentiles. And then it adds this by saying, and I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. So, words of advice to the up-and-coming generation, uh, you never know if God's going to allow suffering to be a part of the job description that he can. And before you ever get to that point to even experience that, I would say to really check our hearts as to our motivation and our um, uh, where our identity and our significance lies, because it's possible, and, and when you've been in ministry for a whole lifetime, it's possible to have what you do for Christ become your identity and your significance. But what happens if that gets pulled out from under you, if the rug gets pulled out from under you? The question I faced as I woke up after almost two months in a coma, uh, and couldn't move my body, thinking, wow, this, my life has dramatically changed now. Here, here I was like you, running all over planet Earth, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and preaching and teaching and singing and, and all that. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, all that's gone now. I had no assurance I'd ever be able to get out of that bed again. In fact, the doctors sat LaDonna and I down and said, you know, the way we're looking at your healing, and this is several months after the accident now, post-recovery, and by the time I woke up after that uh, two, almost two months in a coma, I'd already had 15 major surgeries here on. And, and so I had all that and this very broken body. And I began to face the reality that I may never, ever preach another message. I may never, ever be able to sing another song. They cut my throat here and put a tube in, a tracheotomy. And it affected my voice. I didn't know if I could really even sing another song again with the damage from all of that. And at that point in time, you know, they were telling LaDonna and I, you know, the best we think Craig will recover is us getting him to a point where he'll be stable enough to go to a nursing home and then have to be cared for the rest of his life. Mm. And foot. That was, they were preparing us because yes. as, as my injuries were, that's what the normal tracking would be. So, you know, when they left and LaDonna had to go back because visiting hours are done and I'm left there laying there in that bed to ponder and sometimes through the night, just thinking, what is this going to be like? Lord, what am I facing? And God began to do amazing work in my heart and soul here on where any vestige of my identity and significance being placed in the things I'd done for him was replaced by him. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Himself. He'll yes. either heal you or he'll give you himself. That's what I came mm -hmm. to. I believe wow. in divine healing, but I also believe in divine health. Divine health mm -hmm. is, 
is God manifesting himself on the long haul through very broken vessels, broken bodies. And I'll tell you what, the intimacy mm-hmm. that I came to have between me and the Lord in those night hours, in the quietness of those moments. I, I didn't have a lot of man's wisdom or this and that. There were two, two books that I had on my, on my uh, tray there that were constantly there. Number one was my Bible. And number two was an old-time, old-fashioned hymnal. Mm-hmm. You, mm-hmm. I, you know, I love all worship styles. You know, singers. Yes, yes. Amazing guitar and all that. Mm-hmm. We, we have respect for all the different styles of music and so on. But there's something about the deep theology in those old hymns. That's right. That sometimes gets missed in the modern worship of today. You know, it's more feel-good. It's more feel about this and that. And and how the Lord makes me feel and make, you know, uh, all that kind of stuff. And I, I don't say that to down the modern worship scene. I say that to say when you get into these old ancient hymns and the writers who went through the hard times and found God to be sufficient, just like it is well with my soul. That was written by uh, an author who lost his family in, in, a, in, a, in a tragic transatlantic uh, uh, sinking of, of a boat, you know, when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, you're not going to say it as well with my soul. See that, those two things here, for me personally, anyway, those were things that really sustained me. And I came to really come to a point where I really had such joy in the Lord, even in my brokenness. That I, I felt I didn't. I don't have to go anywhere else. That's right. I don't have to get up and preach another sermon. I don't have to sing another song. I don't have to teach another session. To find an identity and find my significance, I found it in Christ. In Christ alone. Amen. Amen. And I'll tell you here. On that was one of the greatest lessons in my lifetime of serving the Lord. And I think it is true that. For all of us in ministry, we are tempted to have our identity and significance placed in the things we do for the Lord, rather than in the Lord himself. So any advice I would give to up-and-coming leaders, uh, pastors, workers, missionaries, indigenous pastors, don't, don't wait to let tragedy or trauma help you find that reality. Find it now, because in life and in ministry... You know that our lives and ministries are lived out in chapters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have to remember the difference between a chapter and a book. The book is the whole of life. The chapters are the things we've done in the in those various seasons of life. And I'll tell you what: some of the best books have some pretty nasty chapters in them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I know I'm probably talking more than I need to here, but the point being made. Oh, I'll tell you, Aaron, there's, there's nothing that can ever replace that personal intimacy with the Lord. And we find that in Amen. his word. We find that in building that personal relationship with him. And we find that in just taking joy in him, knowing that right. know one day these legs are going to walk again. Thanks for joining us in today's conversation. We trust you've been encouraged by what you've heard. 
The mission and purpose of Chief is to disciple and equip a strong Native American leadership for the development of the indigenous church throughout North, Central, and South America. If you'd like to learn more about the ministry of Chief and how you can be involved, please visit us online at chief.org. Thanks for your interest, and we'll look forward to you joining us again next time for another conversation with Chief.